Hey there, welcome back. We are going to check out, see what Midas Touch is up to. Shameful traitor. Trump makes completely bizarre and incriminating posts as things get real. Ten hours ago. Micellus from the Midas Touch Network. These Donald Trump posts on his social media platform and these videos that he's making of himself that he's posting on his social media platform. So we don't have to pay anybody. So weird, <laughs> so dangerous, so vile. It is such an indictment, not just of himself, who frequently gets indicted over and over, and over <laughs> but of the state of the modern-day Republican Party who protects him, who treats yeah. him as their not political leader, which would be horrific in and of itself, but as their cult leader. What has happened to the modern-day Republican Party? I mean, these posts, Don't these the videos are so unhinged, and it gets worse and worse every day. Here, I'll show you Dan, some gone right down This down is a video shitter. that Donald Trump Republican made of himself. woke up and said, I'm going to make this video of myself and post it. And in this video, he talks about why he likes to punch down at the other Republicans who he's running against in the primary. Play this clip. Many say don't punch down when talking Hold it about away and Chris make your own blood book. Sununu or sloppy Chris Christie or Ada Hutchinson, I call him Ada, not Asa, because ADA, he wants to make fun of the or others. But sometimes it's necessary to talk badly about those that, for no reason other than politics, speak badly about you. Otherwise, the people that love you don't know whether or not they're for real. Are they saying the truth? They're not. So sometimes you have to punch down and you have to say what's happening. Otherwise, they won't understand. It's not fair to them. You have to put them in proper perspective, these men. You have to put them in their place. People like this are destruction. And you have to tell them what it's all about. Otherwise, why should they be able to understand? That's something that Donald Trump posted social media platform. Uh, in this next post that he made a video of himself, he announces that China has taken over Cuba, which is not true. He then claims that Russia would never have invaded Ukraine if he was in office. And I think we all know that if he was in office, he would have given Ukraine to Russia. But play this clip. China just effectively, think of this, took over Cuba would never have happened under the Trump administration, and Russia would have never attacked Ukraine under the Trump administration, and you'd have no inflation and would have a great economy, and lots of other things would have happened. Don't give up on yourself. in the hour. You gotta keep moving. You gotta keep pushing. You gotta keep walking. You gotta keep whistleblowers. Don't give up on yourself. from bringing Hunter Biden charges in D.C. and California. So David Weiss is the United States Attorney, federal prosecutor, who was appointed by Donald Trump in 2016, who worked under Bill Barr. 
David Weiss hey, initiated the investigation. David Weiss, Republican, appointed by Donald Trump. Ultimately, first of all, we need to purge the Congress of all the insurrectionists. They must be prosecuted and removed from America with the 14th Amendment. And since Congress is the only one that can do this, people don't give up. Nobody's ever charged with that, but Hunter is being charged with that. If anything, he's been charged with harsher crimes than anybody else. And the investigation of other people simply aren't usually criminally investigated for. It was a Republican prosecutor appointed by Donald Trump. But they don't like their results, so what do they do? What's the playbook? More whistleblowers. Three a new whistleblower. Who are the whistleblowers? They're just whistleblowers. Where, where are they? Stop, don't ask us questions. That's their tactic. That is how fascist regimes operate. Innuendo and baseless allegations. Because let's pull up the letter. This is the letter that David Weiss sent to Jim Jordan back on June 7th of 2023. And David Weiss, again, appointed by Trump, when these baseless conspiracy theories were thrown out, David Weiss said, while your letter does not specify by name the ongoing investigation that is subject of the committee's oversight, its content suggests your inquiry is related to an investigation in my district. If my assumption is correct, I want to make clear that as the Attorney General has stated, I have been granted ultimate authority over this matter, including responsibility for deciding where, when, and whether to file charges and for making decisions necessary to preserve the integrity of the prosecution consistent with federal law, the principles of federal prosecution, and departmental regulations, signed David Weiss, United States Attorney. Now, President Biden could have fired David Weiss when Biden took office. That's the standard protocol. You fire all of the top federal prosecutors hired by the past administration. But Biden wanted to be so ethical, he kept Trump's guy as the federal prosecutor who prosecuted his son. And what do MAGA Republicans do? They come up with a conspiracy theory. Now it's an IRS whistleblower who says that David Weiss was blocked. How about we look at David Weiss's own words where he said that he was controlling where, when, where, why, all of that. He controlled it all. Here's another uh, post. Oh, here, this one's rich. It's a uh, video of Hannity and Jim Jordan and James Comer, uh, the trifecta of corruption. And here, I'm not going to play the video, but it goes. But Donald Trump goes. FBI ignored the Clinton campaign's plan to link Trump to Russia. FBI ignored the Clinton's plan. Okay, could, could, could we break this down for a second? John Durham was the federal prosecutor who was appointed by Bill Barr, who reached the conclusion after failing twice, failing twice in two separate trials, he went 0 for 2. And John Durham ultimately came to I the conclusion that there doesn't even need to be any changes in protocol by the FBI. He thought the FBI maybe should have a more robust uh, investigatory process. But that was it. That's the whole 300-page report. And by the way, you even had MAGA Republican Matt Gates 
saying that John Durham was a complete and utter failure. Donald Trump post, Congress, please investigate the political witch hunts against me, currently being brought by the corrupt DOJ and FBI, who are totally out of control. This continuing saga is retribution against me for winning, and even more importantly to them, election interference regarding the 2024 presidential election. It will be their updated form of rigging our most important election. Look at the polls. They can't beat me, MAGA, at the ballot box. The only way they can win is to cheat. Stop them now, all in caps, exclamation point. I mean, come on. This is 5150 involuntary psychological hold stuff right here. For keeping on winning, winning, you lost in 2018, you lost in 2020, you lost in 2022. Chris Christie, former uh, Republican governor of New Jersey, said you're a three-time loser, 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 loser. And here you got to go to your MAGA Republican cult followers in the House of Representatives and beg them, please, can you help me? Please help me. Here's the next one, just whining. My New York State AG case. What do you mean, my? It's like my boxes, my malignant narcissism. My New York State AG case. She ran on I Will Get Trump, which should never have been brought except for election interference should rightfully be in the commercial division in front of another judge rather than the Trump hater that refuses to let go of it because he wants to do a number on Trump. It is all part of the same witch hunt run out of D.C. by the DOJ, just as they ran the now fully debunked, discredited Crossfire Hurricane. Let's use just words. Crossfire Hurricane fiasco. Mark Pomerantz played, put that in quotes, in this one also. Look, Donald Trump filed a motion to try to get the case transferred to the commercial division, and that was rejected. The case was deemed a related case to the previous investigatory case that Justice Arthur Ngoron was assigned to. Ngoron didn't make that call. The chief administrative judge of New York made the decision. Donald Trump lost. So no, it shouldn't go in front of a commercial division. Just so you know, why is Donald Trump saying it should go there? Because he wants the case to take five years or six years and slow the case down versus Justice Arthur Ngoron, who presided over the special proceeding that predates the filing of the lawsuit by New York Attorney General Letitia James. So that case is set to go to trial in October of 2023. So Trump's saying commercial division, but he filed that motion. He lost the motion because he's wrong. Donald Trump goes, Congress will hopefully now look after the continuing witch hunts and election interference against me on perfectly legal boxes where I had no doubt that the information is being secretly planted by the scoundrels in charge. The perfect phone calls, Atlanta, the illegal DOJ, Pomerantz, Manhattan DA hoax, where virtually everyone agrees there is no case in the New York State Attorney General scam where I have proven beyond a doubt that there is no case, but of a hostile judge who should not be on this case, whining, whining, whining. And he says, these scoundrels are planting the evidence, those scoundrels. I mean, total lie and just the worst of the worst lies. I mean, it is, again, vile and despicable. This is what he writes. All of this posting every day. I don't even show you all of the messages. I just show you some of them. But this is all happening in a day. 
Here's the next one. The radical left investigations of me now, federal, state, and city, are a scam and a continuation tightly coordinated with each jurisdiction and run by the now fully exposed as being corrupt and shameless DOJ and FBI. The box is hoax where I came under the non-criminal Presidential Records Act and have done nothing wrong has exposed Biden, who is not protected by the Presidential Records Act, because he was not president. He was literally... He has literally thousands of boxes, numerous in Chinatown, and containing really bad, quote, stuff. Again, it's all projection. It's all lies. A crime is about intent, and Donald Trump is admitting to intent in each of these posts. This is madness. This is insanity. We all refuse to be gaslit that this is normal behavior, and that's why collectively we just got to call this stuff out each and every day. We got to let people know, people who aren't following politics, people who are on the sidelines. It's our job, the Midas Mighty community, to share this stuff with people and go, look, this is crazy. This is insanity. This has nothing to do with Democrat and Republican. This has to do with mental fitness, insanity, malignant narcissism, crazy, cra craziness, idiocracy, fascism, just what it is. We see it with our eyes. We hear it with our ears. We feel it. We know it, and that's why we call it out. I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network. Hit subscribe. We're on our way to 1.5 million subscribers thanks to your support. Check us out at patreon.com slash Midas Touch. Wherever you get audio podcasts, subscribe to the Midas Touch podcast. Hit subscribe now and have a fantastic day. Hey, Midas Mighty. Love this report? Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram, at Midas Touch, to keep up with the most important news of the day. What are you waiting for? Follow us now. I'm Ben Micellis from Legal AF, joined by Michael Popak. I wanted to do this video with you, Michael Popak, to address one week out. It feels like a year. I don't know if these Trump uh, criminal cases age like dog years or something even more, <laughs> because it feels like this has happened a long time ago. I mean, the, the arraignment was last week, but so much has happened. As of the time of this recording, there's been no recusal motion regarding Judge Eileen Cannon. She has not self-recused. She's not going to self-recuse. Special Counsel Jack Smith has not filed a recusal motion. They're proceeding as though Judge Eileen Cannon's the judge. You've got Judge Bruce Reinhardt as the magistrate judge. And we've seen some very, very, very critical things happening already. I mean, we've got Judge Eileen Cannon setting a speedy trial date pursuant to the Speedy Trial Act of 1974. She followed the law setting the uh, trial date of special counsel Jack Smith's criminal case against Donald Trump within the statutory 70-day period. It's set on August 14th of 2023. Let me repeat that one more time. August 14th of 2023. Although, if you look at the trial setting order issued by Judge Eileen Cannon, it does mention, of course, subject to continuances and showings of, uh, of good cause by uh, the parties why there needs to be delays. There's a bunch of big uh, motion hearing deadlines set uh, 
in July where undoubtedly Trump's lawyers are going to be asking for a continuance. They're going to say they're filing a motion to dismiss. They're going to be saying they need a lot more time to file pre-trial motions and motions in limine. So I don't think this trial goes... Um, <laughs> I, I'm very confident it's not going to go on the date it's currently set for, August 14, 2023. Um, but I do think there's a chance this case does go um, in 2024, um, and I think it could potentially go early 2024. Or do you think Judge Eileen Cannon's going to kick this out? I want to get your, you know, even further than 2024 after until after the election. I want to get your take on that. It is Judge Eileen Cannon, after all. But she did make another ruling as well that followed the law. I guess it is a bare, minimal threshold standard where we're applauding Judge Eileen Cannon for doing the most basic thing and following the law. When special counsel Jack Smith filed a motion for protective order uh, regarding the non-classified but confidential documents in the case, limiting Donald Trump's ability to... Uh, review these non-classified but confidential uh, discovery records. He has to only look at it in the presence of his attorneys. He can't take notes on it. He can't take the documents with him. They're not his. They're not his boxes. And, and by the way, as I say that out loud, in many ways, by Donald Trump's lawyer stipulating to that, isn't it also contradicting Donald Trump's allegation that those documents are his in the first place, which we know is a complete and utter lie when Donald Trump uh, says that. But anyway, Judge Eileen Cannon, uh, she referred the protective order to Judge Bruce Reinhardt, who granted the protective order motion, which was stipulated by all parties, but another correct rule. And again, it limits the disclosure of uh, documents to Donald Trump, but it also shows special counsel Jack Smith is ready uh, to go and he wants to get these documents out because he wants no excuses why there cannot be a speedy trial. And then, of course, the other major development, these two parts to this Brett Baer uh, interview with Donald Trump where, you know, Donald Trump basically uh, t told uh, special counsel Jack Smith, look, Normally, any other criminal defendant would have the right to invoke their Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination. There's no right in a criminal case like this to a deposition of a criminal defendant at all. But Trump's like, you know what? Let me highlight for you all of the key things you would want in my deposition, and let me give it to you. And because I am the criminal defendant in this case, uh, the party opponent, if you will, there's no hearsay objection that can be made by special counsel Jack Smith, be, I mean, by uh, Donald Trump, uh, in if when special counsel Jack Smith tries to introduce uh, this uh, evidence because it is a statement by a party opponent, expressly not hearsay. So all of that will come in as uh, as evidence. And uh, finally, one, one more point, because we saw the Manhattan District Attorney uh, Alvin Bragg's office through the... Uh, uh, Assistant District Attorney Matthew Colangelo filed an opposition to Donald Trump's motion uh, to try to recuse Judge Juan Rashan. But we see in this recusal motion um, and the opposition to the recusal motion, rather, by the Manhattan District Attorney's Office, all of those social media posts by Donald Trump, each time he posts, all of that was exhibits by Matthew Colangelo, the assistant district attorney, um, in opposing Donald Trump's motion. So this is all evidence. 
and great evidence for the prosecutors. And here with this Brett Baer interview, really, chef's kiss interview by Brett Baer, I want to get your take, Michael Popak, on all of these developments. Yeah, I think it's that we're watching the genius of Jack Smith and his uh, team of prosecutors who I've said at, at nauseum, they have not made a one false step in the seven months that they've had the case, not one. Stripping attorney-client privilege away from Donald Trump's lawyers or from Donald Trump himself, having them testify, subpoenaing just the right amount of people, getting witnesses to cooperate like Mark Meadows, leading all the way to even the filing. I know a lot of people, you know, are, are, there's some incoming fire coming into Jack Smith's team because, well, why didn't they wait a couple of days to see this Supreme Court decision, which said that uh, a, ven a wrong venue is not ultimately fatal. You could always retry Donald Trump. But even there, I don't think he made a false step. They knew about the Supreme Court decision that was coming, and they specifically chose West Palm Beach, knowing that there was a high risk high risk of getting Judge Cannon again assigned to the case, but a new and improved Judge Cannon. A new and improved Judge Cannon who's already been through the grill, the, the grist mill, uh, and on the losing end of it with the Department of Justice at least three times. Um, and at the with their, her bosses, uh, Chief Judge Pryor at the 11th Circuit, uh, and two panels of the 11th Circuit when she screwed up and effed up tried to interfere with the criminal investigation after her magistrate, Bruce Reinhardt, same magistrate here, issued search warrants on Mar-a-Lago based on a probable cause and affidavits and testimony that he heard in his chambers in secret and that allowed, of course, the search warrant to go out. This is a new and improved Eileen Cannon. And look, I thought that a combination of things would happen, and some of which could still happen, one is I thought maybe that the trial was going to be in Miami. That was a little too far for Eileen Cannon, six hours round trip away from there to handle the case. And that would give Chief Judge Altanaga in Miami the opportunity to uh, replace her. But apparently they're going to let her try this case, at least for now, at the hearing level, and maybe the trial, in Fort Pierce, Florida. I'll, I'll take a break while everybody goes and looks up on the map and Google Earth where Fort Pierce, Florida is, but it's far away in the Southern District at the very top north of it. It's a very small town. Not sure it's prepared for the onslaught of Donald Trump's trial, but we'll leave that for another day, although that other day could be August 14th. But I agree with you, Ben. I don't think it will be. So you got new and improved Judge Cannon, who was again married with a very seasoned, much more experienced and mature ju jurist in Bruce Reinhardt than she is. He's been a magistrate for a long, long time. She's been a, a federal judge for a minute and a half, and it shows. So, But we have that coupling again. And to be frank, for those that aren't familiar with the criminal process in federal court, the vast majority of issues before trial, except for motions to dismiss the indictment and things of that nature, and even and maybe suppression of evidence motions, are handled by the magistrates on a day-to-day -day basis. Just garden variety stuff, discovery issues, search warrants, arraignments. We've seen it all. Some people might be sitting going, wow, I would have thought that would have been the judge that would have handled that. That's how much responsibility is given to magistrate judges. And it looks like Eileen Cannon got the memo that she shouldn't do anything out of the ordinary and she should, you know, just be the point guard and pass the ball to Bruce Reinhardt and let him score, right, to continue the analogy, on all of these major issues in a criminal proceeding. Now, she is the trial judge and will preside, at least for now, unless she screws up 
over the trial and the jury trial, because this is a jury trial. And there are some things that are really, really important that will likely go to her if she's still the judge, like a motion to dismiss the indictment, which we know is coming. Um, a motion to suppress evidence, because we know that the other side, Donald Trump and his lawyers, don't like that Evan Corcoran, their former lawyer, their former colleague, is witness number one for the prosecution, along with his audio tapes and his handwritten notes that completely and utterly destroyed Donald Trump and any ability for Donald Trump to put on a defense. How do we know that? Because it's in the indictment, chapter and verse. So they hate Evan Corcoran being against them, and they're going to try to suppress his his testimony by way of motion practice. That, I would presume, goes to Judge, Judge Eileen Cannon if she's still the judge. Now, what I think, the game of chicken here that I think the uh, Department of Justice is playing, but they're much more sophisticated at it than Eileen Cannon, is they're going to let Eileen Cannon, they're going to sit back and watch her. And when she makes one wrong move, especially about top secret and classified documents, they're going on a fast track, right? This is like the fast pass at Disney, right to the 11th Circuit. And they'll have a willing and waiting audience to reverse Judge Cannon because they've done it so many times in the past and they know that she's a jurist that's kind of over her skis and an underweight here. This this needs a heavyweight and she's a flyweight at best. Um, so she's making sure that everything is done according to the book. If the Department of Justice Ben sees that she's stepping, if she's not coloring in the lines properly, they're going right to the 11th Circuit. So they have an outlet pass. They have a circuit breaker for an Eileen Cannon trying to go rogue again and, and doing things that she's not supposed to be doing. If she stays in her lane or close to it and Reinhardt handles the day-to-day, -day, then we should have confidence that the Department of Justice is going to put on the best case possible. The only question is when. Now, I do like the fact, although some people are already su suspicious that it's too early, I don't think you could ever have too early if you're a prosecutor. He's, Jack Smith said in his press conference, we're going to give this guy a speedy trial. He's presumed innocent. He wants to prove himself. Speedy trial. She gave it to them. Now everybody's going to have to peel her back, reel her in, Judge Cannon, because she's given such an early trial date as if this is like, you know, like a, uh, a garden variety uh, robbery somewhere, as opposed to the first a federal prosecution of a former president in our history, and given the issues at Mar-a-Lago and the 37 counts against him. So now you're going to see a little bit of, of the defense and the prosecution asking for more time. One is going to ask for a lot more time. The other, Jack Smith, is going to ask for just a slightly more amount of time, maybe another three or four months. And there, the judge candidate's going to have to decide whether it's appropriate to put this trial, which I think it is, in the first or second quarter of 2024. She may be thinking, you know what? There's two ways that you can you can help out Donald Trump, if that's even in her mind any longer. One is you give him a fast trial and let him get acquitted. And then he doesn't have the overhang and the black cloud over him while he's while he's trying out for the presidency. That's one theory. The other one is, well, I could also help him by kicking it way past so he gets elected president, and then we deal with the aftermath. I don't know. Right now, it looks like she's on the, you know what? You want to clear your name? You keep going on television and all these things? I'll give you a fast trial. You can clear your name there. Um, at, at any event, this tug of war between the prosecution and the um, defense has got a very short rope now because of Judge Cannon in terms of the date for this trial. And it certainly slots early. This would not interfere with the March trial. 
of Judge Mershon in the 34 counts in New York for business fraud against Donald Trump. It wouldn't interfere with the October trial of the civil case for $250 million of Letitia James. It wouldn't interfere with the trials related to his defamation. She has, she would have this part of the calendar, this part of the real estate, all to herself. And, and now we're going to see what happens in July when the motion practice starts flying in from both sides as to the actual date for this thing. But I actually was heartened that she, rather than say, let's have a hearing and a status conference to talk about dates, she put down a marker. Let's talk August 14th, and you can, you can walk me back from the edge, but I'm starting at August 14th. What do you think, Ben? Yeah, so I think that's an important point, right? Because there is the Speedy Trial Act, which uh, basically is a way of codifying in federal law the Sixth Amendment, right? The Sixth Amendment states, in all criminal prosecutions, the accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy and public trial by an impartial jury of the state and district wherein the crime shall have been committed, which district shall have been previously ascertained by law, and to be informed of the nature and cause of the accusation, to be confronted with witnesses against him, to have compulsory process for obtaining witnesses in his favor, and to have the assistance of counsel for his defense. There's a number of rights packed in there. The relevant one for our analysis is that the accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy and public trial. So what is speedy? Well, over time, the Supreme Court has had a lot of cases on this issue, and based on the development of the case law, uh, there was codified in federal law, 18 U.S. Code, Section 3161, time limits and exclusions, subsection A, which says, in any case involving a defendant charged with an offense, the appropriate judicial officer at the earliest practicable time shall, after consultation with the counsel for the defendant and the attorney for the government, set the case for trial on a day certain or list it for trial on a weekly or other short-term trial calendar at a place within the judicial district so as to assure a speedy trial. You go to subsection C1, and it defines what is speedy. In any case in which a plea of not guilty is entered, the trial of defendant charged in an information or indictment with the commission of an offense shall, shall, meaning there's no choice that Judge Eileen Cannon has, shall commence within 70 days from the filing date and make public of the information or indictment or from the date the defendant has appeared before a judicial officer of the court in which such charge is pending, whichever date last occurs, which would be the arraignment, um, which occurred, if, you know, whatever it was last week. If a defendant consents in writing to be tried before a magistrate judge on a complaint, the trial shall commence within 70 days from the date of such consent. However, you brought up a great point, Michael Popak, which is that what the judge could have done is said, yes, you have a right to a speedy trial, but I want to have a status conference immediately to address these issues right away and to determine if Donald Trump was going to waive his right to a speedy trial and to ask, are you going to waive your right to a speedy trial? Force the issue right away. Go to special counsel Jack Smith and special counsel Jack Smith's team and basically say, are you going to need more time? Will you be ready in 70 days? Force them to give an answer and then set this 
kind of longer-term uh, calendar, may not even set a trial date, just set a motion calendar, um, and then have another status conference if the parties agree to it. She did not do that. Just right away, here's your trial date. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. What are you all going to do next? Now, I don't think that special counsel Jack Smith will ask for any continuance at all. Special counsel Jack Smith will have his team ready to have this case tried. I think he's ready uh, right now. I think he, you're right. Yes. He's ready right now. So they're going to wait for Donald Trump's team to ask for the continuance. Trump's team will almost certainly ask, have the trial after the election is what I expect to see a motion to that effect fairly soon. But what this forces that, what Judge Eileen Cannon's forcing to happen and not kind of give kid gloves to the fact is forcing Trump's lawyers to make that argument fairly quickly because time's running out. Can I talk about a poker tell that we like to talk about on on, on, the, on our network? You know, you know how I know that Donald Trump hates the fact with his lawyers that she set this date so early? We didn't see a quote from Stephen Chung. No Stephen Chung quote on behalf of Donald Trump. Normally, Stephen Chung comments on everything. Talks about the, the Hunter Biden uh, plea deal. I didn't see him say, oh, this is great because Donald Trump wants nothing more than to clear his name as quickly as possible so it's not an overhang and an interference with the election. Did we hear that? Wait, I'm still listening. Stephen Chung, are you there? And you can't attack Judge Eileen Cannon if you're Stephen <laughs> Chung. Because she, you you were praising her before as doing all the papers, so they really don't know what to do about this right now. Yeah, agreed. Look, I think this is. I'm not buying into what I've seen on the internet of some conspiracy. Oh, sure, it's probably what Donald Trump wanted all along. Trust me. Being Ben and I are practicing attorneys, we try criminal cases. This is not what the this is not what the defense wanted. If they did, it's too smart by half. Um, they don't want a marker laid down by the judge without having met with her, where they could have said, we don't, we waive our, our right to a speedy trial, we put it back, as you said, Ben, on the prosecution to be the bad guy asking for more time or less time. But the reality is somebody's going to be filing a motion, and it'll be Donald Trump, um, and it'll be uh, Todd Blanche and Chris Tice, his lawyers. And they'll be arguing that they need 60 days or 90 days to do their motion to dismiss the indictment. And there's very pressing matters about suppression of evidence and attacking the grand jury and judge. We need at least four to six months to do all that. And look, that did those arguments. Actually, if we want to give other recent history, we're all becoming expert on federal criminal practice. You know, we saw in the D.C. Circuit Courts some people like Bannon when he was a defendant and others, they were given long, long ropes. I mean, we were all like, wow, Bannon's trial was set a year out, nine months, and that was just a two-count co contempt of Congress. He got nine months before trial was setting by Judge Nichols. Here, Judge Cannon's like, uh, how about next Tuesday? Are you ready next Tuesday? I got an opening. So it's a, uh, it's a whole other world in the Southern District of Florida where I practice. And I don't know if Cannon is sort of bending over backwards now, like, like she's like a, gum, like a judicial Gumby to try to get this right. And she's actually now leaning over towards the prosecution and away from Trump. But she's doing something because, you know, she's treating this, like I said before, like, uh, you know, some uh, senior citizen stuck up a bank. 
instead of Donald Trump uh, stole our nation's top secret classified documents. Well, I, I want to talk about one other thing as well, though, because also within the trial order, the trial would take place within Fort Pierce. Um, so there is a venue that would probably be more favorable to uh, Donald Trump based on, on my reading of it. So it's not like all gravy right there. Number two, there's a lot of other things that she could do along the way that can be problematic. But I do want to address something I see in the comments um, somewhat frequently, or it's just a question that's, that's appeared. Did she set the trial date for, you know, August 14th? Because that was around the time that Fawny Willis, the Fulton County District Attorney, said that she would be ready to indict Donald Trump. And is Judge Eileen Cannon trying to do that to block Fulton County District Attorney Fawny Willis's ability to indict Donald Trump in that time period. No, there's no correlation between those two things. Ultimately, if Fulton County District Attorney Fawny Willis indicts, and that happens to be when the trial is taking place, and again, I do not believe that the trial is actually going to go uh, at that time. I would be very surprised and shocked if it went at that time, but assuming it did, there would be Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, uh, you're not to watch. What's, you have to watch what's on TV, and you have to, uh, um, you know, we, we're not going to be in session today. And then Donald Trump would just go uh, uh, to Georgia, and he would have, uh, he would be, you know, arraigned there in Georgia. So it, 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 it would not impact. Now, uh, an August trial date impacts other proceedings. It could cause delay in the Manhattan in the um, uh, New York Attorney General Letitia James civil case, which is set for trial in October. Um, potentially, it could it can maneuver some of these other cases around, but it, it's not it's not being done on that time as a way to interfere with Fawny Willis. Um, it, it just it just isn't. I, I'll give you the final word, Michael Popak. Well, you're, you're right about the location, because the way the Southern District of Florida works on jury selection, it will pull heavily from St. Lucie County, where Fort Pierce is located. And St. Lucie County does tend to be more conservative and gets a lot of New Yorkers, but like the Republican New Yorkers, to relocate there. But um, And so, yeah, there's I'd rather it have been in Miami, to be honest with you, although Miami pulls from a heavy, cute, you know, we saw, you know, 100 of them on the street, not a lot. Um, and 50 of them at a Cuban restaurant. But there is a heavy amount of Republicans in Miami-Dade County. The best county for Democrats is West Palm Beach or Palm Beach County, along with Broward. Um, those are the ones that, you know, Hillary and Joe Biden won by large numbers. They won Miami-Dade County by only three points, Biden, in the last election. Obama had won it by a lot more. So, you know, that state is ever-evolving. And you know, the, they say the more north you go in Florida, the more south you are. And I mean it exactly. It's more rural and southern and then mixed in with New Yorkers and Northeasterners who have moved down to, to St. Lucie County. And so, yeah, it, of all the counties that are the four counties that make up the Southern District, that one is probably the one that would kind of bend a little bit more likely that there could be a Trumper in there. Uh, but these are the risks that you're going to have to take. I mean, if, if the jury, um, you know, well, we just have to take this one step at a time to get to a jury, put yeah. on the best trial possible, and know that there is an appellate outlet for the feds if something goes awry because a, a, juror, a juror gets hung 
the jury gets hung because they got a holdout. But let, let's get to the prosecution, the indictment, which we've already gotten to, and the conviction, and then we'll worry about that later. Yeah, I mean, Donald Trump's going to be kicking and screaming and not going anywhere, you know, not trying to go anywhere near that trial. Um, I'm ultimately confident in Special Counsel Jack Smith's team and its uh, and, and his ability, his team's ability, and the strength of the evidence. Um, there's a reason that the Republicans attack our judicial system, the MAGA Republicans attack our judicial system the way um, they do. Look, our judicial system is a place uh, that's evidence-based, it's not perfect by any means, but it's um, certainly the best system, one of the best systems uh, out there. Um, so we'll leave you with that. Ben Micellis, Michael Popak, Legal AF. Subscribe to the Legal AF podcast wherever you get audio uh, podcasts. Just subscribe to Legal AF. Um, uh, over the weekend, this was the uh, top news podcast uh, in, in the whole world for the weekend, thanks to the Legal AF and Midas Mighty community. So thank you all. Always uh, okay. fun doing these hits so together with you, Popak, and we will folks. chat soon. So I'm Ben Micellis, joined by Cancel Michael Popak, and uh, we'll see you next time. Shout out to the Midas Mighty. It's see you Saturday. Hit subscribe. Hey, Midas Mighty, love this report? Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram, at Midas Touch, to keep up with the most important news of the day. What are you waiting for? Follow us now. Right. Trump gets on with new orders. Several pieces. Um, I'm Ben Micellis. In criminal case, so what's the deal? One day ago from Legal AF, joined by Michael Popak. I wanted to do this video with you, Michael Popak, to address one week out. It feels like a year. I don't know if these Trump uh, criminal cases age like dog years or something even more, because it feels like this has happened a long time ago. I mean, the, the arraignment was last week, but so much has happened. As of the time of this recording, there's been no recusal motion regarding Judge Eileen Cannon. She has not self-recused. She's not going to self-recuse. Special Counsel Jack Smith has not filed a recusal motion. They're proceeding as though Judge Eileen Cannon's the judge. You've got Judge Bruce Reinhardt as the magistrate judge. And we've seen some very, very, very critical things happening already. I mean, we've got Judge Eileen Cannon setting a speedy trial date pursuant to the Speedy Trial Act of 1974. She followed the law setting the uh, trial date of Special Counsel Jack Smith's criminal case against Donald Trump within the statutory 70-day period. It's set on August 14th of 2023. Let me repeat that one more time. August 14th of 2023. Although, if you look at the trial setting order issued by Judge Eileen Cannon, it does mention, of course, subject to continuances, 
and showings of, uh, of good cause by uh, the parties why there needs to be delays. There's a bunch of big motion hearing deadlines set uh, in July where undoubtedly Trump's lawyers are going to be asking for a continuance. They're going to say they're filing a motion to dismiss. They're going to be saying they need a lot more time to file pre-trial motions and motions in limine. So I don't think this trial goes, um, I, I'm very confident it's not going to go on the date it's currently set for, August 14, 2023. Um, but I do think there's a chance this case does go um, in 2024. Um, and I think it could potentially go early 2024. Or do you think Judge Eileen Cannon's going to kick this out? I want to get your, you know, even further than 2024 after until after the election. I want to get your take on that. It is Judge Eileen Cannon after all. But she did make another ruling as well that followed the law. I guess it is a bare minimal threshold standard where we're applauding Judge Eileen Cannon for doing the most basic thing and following the law when special counsel Jack Smith filed a motion for protective order uh, regarding the non-classified but confidential documents in the case, limiting Donald Trump's ability to uh, review these non-classified but confidential uh, discovery records. He has to only look at it in the presence of his attorneys. He can't take notes on it. He can't take the documents with him. They're not his. They're not his boxes. And, and by the way, as I say that out loud, in many ways, it, by Donald Trump's lawyer stipulating to that, isn't it also contradicting Donald Trump's allegation that those documents are his in the first place, which we know is a complete and utter lie when Donald Trump uh, says that. But anyway, Judge Eileen Cannon, uh, she referred the protective order to Judge Bruce Reinhardt, who granted the protective order motion, which was stipulated by all parties. But another correct ruling, again, it limits the disclosure of uh, documents to Donald Trump, but it also shows special counsel Jack Smith is ready uh, to go and he wants to get these documents out because he wants no excuses why there cannot be a speedy trial. And then, of course, the other major development, these two parts to this Brett Baer uh, interview with Donald Trump where, you know, Donald Trump basically uh, t told uh, special counsel Jack Smith, look, Normally, any other criminal defendant would have the right to invoke their Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination. There's no right in a criminal case like this to a deposition of a criminal defendant at all. But Trump's like, you know what? Let me highlight for you all of the key things you would want in my deposition, and let me give it to you. And because I am the criminal defendant in this case, uh, the party opponent, if you will, there's no hearsay objection that can be made by special counsel Jack Smith, be, I mean, by uh, Donald Trump, uh, in if when special counsel Jack Smith tries to introduce uh, this uh, evidence, because it is a statement by a party opponent, expressly not hearsay. So all of that will come in as uh, as evidence. And uh, finally, one, one more point, because uh, we saw the Manhattan District Attorney uh, Alvin Bragg's office through the uh, uh, Assistant District Attorney Matthew Colangelo filed an opposition to Donald Trump's motion uh, to try to recuse Judge Juan Mershon. But we see in this recusal motion um, and the opposition to the recusal motion, rather, by the Manhattan District Attorney's office, all of those social media posts by Donald Trump 
each time he posts. All of that was exhibits by Matthew Colangelo, the assistant district attorney, um, in opposing Donald Trump's motion. So this is all evidence and great evidence for the prosecutors. And here with this Brett Baer interview, really chef's kiss interview by Brett Baer. I want to get your take, Michael Popak, on all of these developments. Yeah, I think it's that we're watching the genius of Jack Smith and his uh, team of prosecutors who I've said at, at nauseum, they have not made a one false step in the seven months that they've had the case, not one. Stripping attorney-client privilege away from Donald Trump's lawyers or from Donald Trump himself, having them testify, subpoenaing just the right amount of people, getting witnesses to cooperate like Mark Meadows, leading all the way to even the filing. I know a lot of people, you know, are, are, there's some incoming fire coming into Jack Smith's team because, well, why didn't they wait a couple of days to see this Supreme Court decision which said that uh, a, ven a wrong venue is not ultimately fatal. You could always retry Donald Trump, but even there, I don't think he made a false step. They knew about the Supreme Court decision that was coming, and they specifically chose West Palm Beach, knowing that there was a high risk high risk of getting Judge Cannon again assigned to the case, but a new and improved Judge Cannon. A new and improved Judge Cannon who's already been through the grill, the, the grist mill, uh, and on the losing end of it with the Department of Justice at least three times. Um, and at the with their, her bosses, uh, Chief Judge Pryor at the 11th Circuit, uh, and two panels of the 11th Circuit when she screwed up and effed up, tried to interfere with the criminal investigation after her magistrate, Bruce Reinhardt, same magistrate here, issued search warrants on Mar-a-Lago based on a probable cause and affidavits and testimony that he heard in his chambers in secret and then allowed, of course, the search warrant to go out. This is a new and improved Eileen Cannon. Now, look, I thought that a combination of things would happen and some of which could still happen. One is I thought maybe that the trial was going to be in Miami. That was a little too far for Eileen Cannon six hours round trip away from there to handle the case. And that would give Chief Judge Altanaga in Miami the opportunity to uh, replace her. But apparently they're going to let her try this case, at least for now, at the hearing level, and maybe the trial, in Fort Pierce, Florida. I'll, I'll take a break while everybody goes and looks up on the map and Google Earth where Fort Pierce, Florida is. But it's far away in the Southern District at the very top north of it. It's a very small town. Not sure it's prepared for the onslaught of Donald Trump's trial. But we'll leave that for another day, although that other day could be August 14th. But I agree with you, Ben. I don't think it will be. So you got new and improved Judge Cannon, who is again married with a very seasoned, much more experienced and mature ju jurist in Bruce Reinhardt than she is. He's been a magistrate for a long, long time. She's been a, a federal judge for a minute and a half, and it shows. So, But we have that coupling again. And to be frank, for those that aren't familiar with the criminal process in federal court, the vast majority of issues before trial, except for motions to dismiss the indictment and things of that nature, and even and maybe suppression of evidence motions, are handled by the magistrates on a day-to-day -day basis. Just garden variety stuff, discovery issues, search warrants, arraignments. We've seen it all. Some people might be sitting going, wow, I would have thought that would have been the judge that would have handled that. That's how much responsibility is given to magistrate judges. And it looks like Eileen Cannon got the memo that she shouldn't do anything out of the ordinary and she should, you know, just be the point guard and pass the ball to Bruce Reinhardt 
and let him score, right, to continue the analogy, on all of these major issues in a criminal proceeding. Now, she is the trial judge and will preside, at least for now, unless she screws up, over the trial and the jury trial, because this is a jury trial. And there are some things that are really, really important that will likely go to her if she's still the judge, like a motion to dismiss the indictment, which we know is coming. Um, a motion to suppress evidence, because we know that the other side, Donald Trump and his lawyers, don't like that Evan Corcoran, their former lawyer, their former colleague, is witness number one for the prosecution, along with his audio tapes and his handwritten notes that completely and utterly destroy Donald Trump and any ability for Donald Trump to put on a defense. How do we know that? Because it's in the indictment, chapter and verse. So they hate Evan Corcoran being against them, and they're going to try to suppress his his testimony by way of motion practice. That, I would presume, goes to Judge, Judge Eileen Cannon if she's still the judge. Now, what I think, the game of chicken here that I think the uh, Department of Justice is playing, but they're much more sophisticated at it than Eileen Cannon, is they're going to let Eileen Cannon, they're going to sit back and watch her when she makes one wrong move, especially about top secret and classified documents. They're going on a fast track, right? This is like the fast pass at Disney right to the 11th Circuit. And they'll have a willing and waiting audience to re reverse Judge Cannon because they've done it so many times in the past and they know that she's a jurist that's kind of over her skis and an underweight here. This this needs a heavyweight and she's a flyweight at best. Um, so she's making sure that everything is done according to the book. If the Department of Justice Ben sees that she's stepping, if she's not coloring in the lines properly, they're going right to the 11th Circuit. So they have an outlet pass. They have a circuit breaker for an Eileen Cannon trying to go rogue again and, and doing things that she's not supposed to be doing. If she stays in her lane or close to it and Reinhardt handles the day-to-day, -day, then we should have confidence that the Department of Justice is going to put on the best case possible. The only question is when. Now, I do like the fact although some people are already su suspicious that it's too early. I don't think you could ever have too early if you're a prosecutor. He's, Jack Smith said in his press conference, we're going to give this guy a speedy trial. He's presumed innocent. He wants to prove himself. Speedy trial. She gave it to them. Now everybody's going to have to peel her back, reel her in, Judge Cannon, because she's given such an early trial date as if this is like, you know, like a, uh, a garden variety uh, robbery somewhere, as opposed to the first, a federal prosecution of a former president in our history and given the issues at Mar-a-Lago and the 37 counts against him. So now you're going to see a little bit of, of the defense and the prosecution asking for more time. One is going to ask for a lot more time. The other, Jack Smith, is going to ask for just a slightly more amount of time, maybe another three or four months. And there the judge candidate's going to have to decide whether it's appropriate to put this trial, which I think it is, in the first or second quarter of 2024. She may be thinking, you know what? There's two ways that you can you can help out Donald Trump, if that's even in her mind any longer. One is you give him a fast trial and let him get acquitted. And then he doesn't have the overhang and the black cloud over him while he's, while he's trying out for the presidency. That's one theory. The other one is, well, I could also help him by kicking it way past so he gets elected president, and then we deal with the aftermath. I don't know. Right now, it looks like she's on the, you know what? You want to clear your name? You keep going on television and all these things? I'll give you a fast trial. You can clear your name there. 
Uh, in any event, this tug of war between the prosecution and the um, defense has got a very short rope now because of Judge Cannon in terms of the date for this trial. And it certainly slots early. This would not interfere with the March trial of Judge Mershon and the 34 counts in New York for business fraud against Donald Trump. It wouldn't interfere with the October trial of the civil case for $250 million of Letitia James. It wouldn't interfere with the trials related to his defamation. She, has, she would have this part of the calendar, this part of the real estate, all to herself. And, and now we're going to see what happens in July when the motion practice starts flying in from both sides as to the actual date for this thing. But I actually was heartened that she, rather than say, let's have a hearing and a status conference to talk about dates, she put down a marker. Let's talk August 14th and you can, you can walk me back from the edge, but I'm starting at August 14th. What do you think, Ben? Yeah, so I think that's an important point, right? Because there is the Speedy Trial Act which uh, basically is a way of codifying in federal law the Sixth Amendment, right? The Sixth Amendment states, in all criminal prosecutions, the accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy and public trial by an impartial jury of the state and district wherein the crime shall have been committed, which district shall have been previously ascertained by law, and to be informed of the nature and cause of the accusation, to be confronted with witnesses against him, to have compulsory process for obtaining witnesses in his favor, and to have the assistance of counsel for his defense. There's a number of rights packed in there. The relevant one for our analysis is that the accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy and public trial. So what is speedy? Well, over time, the Supreme Court has had a lot of cases on this issue, and based on the development of the case law, uh, there was codified in federal law, 18 U.S. Code, Section 3161, Time Limits and Exclusions, Subsection A, which says, In any case involving a defendant charged with an offense, the appropriate judicial officer at the earliest practicable time shall, after consultation with the counsel for the defendant and the attorney for the government, set the case for trial on a day certain, or list it for trial on a weekly or other short-term trial calendar at a place within the judicial district so as to assure a speedy trial. You go to subsection C1 and it defines what is speedy. In any case in which a plea of not guilty is entered, the trial of defendant charged in an information or indictment with the commission of an offense shall, shall, meaning there's no choice, that Judge Eileen Cannon has, shall commence within 70 days from the filing date and make public of the information or indictment or from the date the defendant has appeared before a judicial officer of the court in which such charge is pending, whichever date last occurs, which would be the arraignment, um, which occurred, if you know, whatever it was last week, if a defendant consents in writing to be tried before a magistrate judge on a complaint, the trial shall commence within 70 days from the date of such consent. However, you brought up a great point, Michael Popak, which is that what the judge could have done is said, yes, you have a right to a speedy trial, but I want to have a status conference immediately to address these issues right away and to determine if Donald Trump was going to waive his right to a speedy trial and to ask, are you going to waive your right to a speedy trial 
force the issue right away, go to special counsel Jack Smith and special counsel Jack Smith's team and basically say, are you going to need more time? Will you be ready in 70 days? Force them to give an answer and then set this kind of longer uh, term calendar. May not even set a trial date, just set a motion calendar um, and then have another status conference if the parties agree to it. She did not do that. Just right away, here's your <laughs> trial date. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. What are you all going to do next? Now, I don't think that special counsel Jack Smith will ask for any continuance at all. Special counsel Jack Smith will have his team ready to have this case tried. I think he's ready right now. I think he, you're right. Yes. He's ready right now. So they're going to wait for Donald Trump's team to ask for the continuance. Trump's team will almost certainly ask, have the trial after the election is what I expect to see a motion to that effect fairly soon. But what this forces that, what Judge Eileen Cannon's forcing to happen and not kind of give kid gloves to the fact is forcing Trump's lawyers to make that 